Good morning. Welcome to Every Nation Church, Las Vegas. So glad you could join us this morning. Happy Easter to you. For others, happy Resurrection Day here at Every Nation Church, Las Vegas. We are, multi, are mission-driven, multi-ethnic, and multi-generational. We strive to be that because we believe that that's what God wants us to be here in this city of Las Vegas, this incredible city of Las Vegas. I don't know about you guys, but it is getting pretty crowded, isn't it? That's just more people to reach because uh, God loves them and he died for them. You know, today is all about the resurrection. And, uh, you know, the resurrection, sometimes there's some bad connotations to it. There's a story of a man, uh, he was chilling with his wife at the house, and then they got a call. It was bad news. The bad news came from Israel. And they said, uh, yeah, do you know this woman? And it happened to be his wife's. Uh, mother. So his mother-in-law had passed away in Israel, and so, of course, the wife is shipwrecked, and she says to the husband, can you go over there and please take care of, of my mom? And so he says, yes, dear, I will do that. And so he flies over to Israel. He gets there, and they said, uh, sir, here's, here's your options. For your mother-in-law, we could, you know, for, for 500 bucks, we can take care of her and, and bury her here. She'll be well taken care of. For $25,000, we can do the same thing, but prepare her and then have her body shipped back to America, and then you guys can take care of it from there. And without batting an eyelash, he says, you know what? We'll have her body shipped back. And they, the, the hospital staff was so amazed. They said, wow, you must really, really love your mother-in-law. And he says, well, not really, but I hear a story of somebody who was buried here years ago, and they... <laughs> I don't know if my mother-in-law is here today, <laughs> but mom, if you're here, I just want everyone to know that we have a great relationship that had nothing to do uh, with us. And so why don't we jump right in? I know we got a lot going on, so I don't want to take too much time. So please bear with me. I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to try to streamline this so we can uh, have a lot of good fun today. Uh, but we want to give God glory first in his word. Amen. How many of you are familiar with the name John Krasinski? If you watch a TV show called The Office, you might know who he is. Now, I'm not one to watch The Office very much, uh, but he was also cast in another production as uh, Jack Ryan, all right? And so that, uh, I haven't really got into that either, but that's a little bit more my speed. Uh, and so, you know, we just came out of this pandemic a few years ago. You, can you believe it's been almost three years? It's pretty crazy, but, but God has brought us out. And so, um, but he did something. Uh, during the pandemic, if you remember, everything that came across the airwaves was bad news. All you heard about was numbers and people dying and how much, uh, you know, the, 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 the pandemic was either, uh, you know, increasing and our hospitals being, you know, packed out to the max. And so he decided to do something different. He started a, um, a YouTube channel called Some Good News, SGN. And it was to, uh, to be in response to all the bad news that was coming across. And so the show was so popular. Even though the channel is not active today, he just, he said, honestly, I, I knew it wasn't going to be sustainable. I knew it was just a seasonal thing. But they got almost two and a half million subscribers. And the very first episode, if you were to look at that channel today, the very first episode got 19 million views. 
the whole premise of his show was for anybody and everybody to send pictures and videos of anything positive, anything good news, so that he can share it with everybody else. Say some good news. And it was a hit. And how many of you know, if that channel was that popular, our world is starving for some good news. And so I've got good news for you today. The reason why we meet here is because we have good news. And that's because Jesus, our God, is not in the grave anymore. He is risen. And because of what he did, we have that resurrection as well. We're going to get into this. Now, the Bible has a few other stories of people who were resurrected. It wasn't just Jesus. Jesus himself raised a few people, a couple of children. Uh, of course, Lazarus, who we're going to talk about today. And then, of course, Elijah in the Old Testament. And there were more uh, people who were resurrected. Of course, they were resurrected to just die again uh, eventually. But Jesus was resurrected permanently. He's not in the grave and he will not be back there. Amen. So it's very unique, uh, his uh, resurrection. And so uh, we're going to jump in. I'm going to jump right in. I'm going to throw some points at you. I'm going to try to make this very quick. And then I'm going to try to bring it home right before we go outside because I know I'm competing against a couple of taco carts and some Easter eggs. And so uh, I'm not going to try to compete. I'm known to be long-winded, so they tell me. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, but I will try to take it easy on you today since most of you are visitors. And by the way, if you're a visitor, again, a special welcome to you. Hope that you'll come back and see us again. If you're looking for a family, a spiritual family, a home church, um, I can recommend one. Of course, I'm biased, but I think we're a great one. But we love all the life-giving churches here in the valley. We're on the same team, uh, and we're on a mission to reach this world for Jesus. Amen. So how many know there's no greater intervention to save someone than through a resurrection. It's a major, major thing whenever we read about it. So we're going to read about the account of Lazarus. I'm going to read it section by section rather than reading the whole thing one time through and then revisiting it. So that's what I'm going to do a little bit different, but we're going to jump right in. I'm going to give you the first point right away, and it's this. In this story of Lazarus, um, you might know this story. You might be familiar with it. Uh, Martha and Mary, two sisters, followers of Jesus, um, and their brother was sick. Jesus got word, and eventually he dies. Lazarus dies. Jesus comes back. He gets word. And then he says a couple of things that we're going to dig into because I think we can apply some of these things to our lives. So first of all, remember that this is no small thing. Okay? There's a death in the family. There's nothing like the power of life and the power of a death that just makes somebody's world come to a screeching Halt. Point number one is proof of Jesus' love and compassion. We can see this in this account of Lazarus' resurrection. Verse 5 of John chapter 11, verse 5 and 6. We're going to read that. You can just read along with the screen. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. So really quick. It's easy to get caught up in the gravity of this, okay? This is a, a, one of the most amazing moments in Jesus' ministry. And so it's easy to get caught up in the magnitude to look at the situation. Um, have you ever felt like, to give you per, some perspective, when you really needed God and you cried out to him and you felt like he wasn't there? Has anybody ever felt that before? And you sincerely prayed and you said, God, I know that you're there, but somehow you just... Don't feel like he's close. Well, this is exactly what was happening to Martha and Mary. When 
they knew the Jesus. They've seen Jesus, this guy who, who just, you know, shows up on the scene and starts performing miracles. And at the moment when they need him, he's not there. And so Jesus comes back and he hears the news that Lazarus is sick. And instead of running to the scene, we just read here in verse 5 and 6 that he actually stayed back where he was at for an extra couple of days. Now, if I were you and you were me and we got news that somebody in our family was gravely ill, we would get on the next plane to try to be with them, correct? Well, Jesus was in no hurry. If you jump over to verse 33... It says this, when Jesus saw her weeping, okay, now he's, he, now he's on the scene, uh, and Lazarus is now dead. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled, and he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. If you want to start memorizing scripture, the easiest one that you can start with today and nail it it's John chapter 11, verse 35, Jesus wept. The shortest scripture in all of the Bible. Verse 36, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. It's easy to feel like when God doesn't show up right away, or when he doesn't show up the way that we feel like he should, that maybe he doesn't care about us as much. And I've been there. There's been some crazy situations in my life where I said, man, God, I really need you in this moment, and I just feel a distance. Now, we can look into this story as proof that just because Jesus doesn't feel like he's there doesn't mean he loves you any less. Matter of fact, he was moved here. Even though he stayed back two days and he showed up late, it says he was moved, even to tears. Next, the story shows us that Jesus has a heart for restored relationships we're going to bring this all to a head at the back end of this. Uh, verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. A lot of people think that Martha was upset at Jesus, and I'm not quite sure if that's the case. Matter of fact, here, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she was expressing her faith. Instead of saying, Jesus, if you would have been here, my, my brother would still be alive. I think it was more like this, man, ah, if you would have only been here, Jesus, I know he would have still been here. She had, she had faith in him. She had a confidence in him. And so Jesus begins to minister to her. Verse 23, uh, Martha says, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And so Martha does what most of us good Christians and believers and followers of God would do. And she starts to speak the scriptures and she she knows her Bible, and even though we may not be the best at knowing our Bible and memorizing things, we, we, we generally know what it says. And so she begins to say um, that, yes, I know he's going to rise again. Verse 24, but in the resurrection on the last day, see, she's, she's speaking Bible. She knows she's, she's Jewish. Jewish grow up in this culture. They study these things. They know it back at, you know, uh, front and back. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? How many know when Jesus asks you a question, it requires an answer? Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe 
Remember, good Christian girl. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. So in the midst of their grief, they still had a deep relationship with Jesus, and they knew that he was the only one in this situation that could help them. And as we encounter trials and difficulties in our own lives, it's important to remember that our relationship with Jesus is what really, really matters. And if you don't have that relationship, that's where you feel a little bit more separated and and isolated. Then finally, point number three, and don't think you're off the hook. I have a little more after this, okay? Here's my last point. Jesus secures our victory now and in the future. Okay, bear with me. There's a few verses here. Verse 38, then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. How many know sometimes to get your miracle, you have to be involved? Sometimes you have to express your faith. Now listen to what she says. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, uh, by this time, I can see her wiping her tears going, "Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, By this time, Jesus, he's been dead for four days. He probably stinks. Yeah? I don't know if you've ever experienced even just a small animal dying and you don't realize it and all of a sudden you're just like something is not right and you smell it and you go on the search and then you find it and it's just like Ugh, and maybe something small so she's saying this is a body of a, of a human being Jesus if we do this now four days the decomposition's probably set in and and he probably doesn't smell very good and then verse 40 Jesus said to her did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. How many know when Jesus prays, his Father always hears? And when Jesus prays, it's always according to the Father's will. If we read the Bible, it says, you ask anything according to the Father's will, and it will be done. How many know it's important to have a relationship with Jesus so that when he prays for you, the answer comes verse 42 I knew that you always hear me this is Jesus speaking to his father but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me when he had said these things he cried out with a loud voice Lazarus come out the man who had died came out his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with the cloth and cloth, and Jesus said to them, unbind, unbind him, let him go. That is a brief picture of discipleship. When God resurrects somebody from their sin, uh, the, the Bible says that sin, when you think about death, death is a separation. A physical death is a separation of our spirit from our body. A, a, a spiritual death is separation of our spirit from God permanently. Make sense? And so... Uh, And here, Jesus uh, raises Lazarus to the dead. The symbolism is that, yeah, Jesus raised him from the dead, but now he told them, you go unwrap their grave clothes. You clean them up. And so that's what we do when somebody comes into the the kingdom of God and, and we begin to spend time with them. And just like somebody spent time with us and with me, somebody helped to take those grave clothes off of me and clean me up and walk me through this process to where I'm at today. It's something we call following God through discipleship. Now, um, to make this point uh, clear, um, 
Did I give you point number three? Jesus secures our victory now and in the future. You know, um, and I'll just, I, I, I remembered this this morning. You know, as the weather is warming up, uh, we have this tree in our driveway. Before the leaves come out, it flowers. So there's these little, I don't know if you want to call them fruit or these, these round things. Uh, and they eventually open up and they, and they bloom into flowers. Uh, but the leaves don't come out yet. And so we just went through that last week. And I don't, if you don't know Vegas weather, for those uh, who consider yourself Las Vegans, we get it. Our, our weather is schizophrenic. You know, it's freezing cold and then it warms up. We're like, oh, yeah, we're on our way out. You start to put your sweaters away and all of a sudden it's freezing again. Right? And so, but we, we saw our flowers bloom. Um, and there were bees. There probably had to be at least 15 or 20 bees uh, in this tree. And so I wanted to make a point. And so our kids, I was walking by the tree, and I got right up under the tree with all the bees around me. I said, look, guys, I don't have to worry. The bees are so preoccupied, they will not sting me. And, you know, I even put my hand up to, you know, one and kind of, you know, coached it to go to another. And it was kind of cool, right? Everything changed the next day when I was driving, and I hear a in my car, driving, and I'm going, hmm, <laughs> this is not good, right? And so I pull over and I roll down all the windows. Well, I, I don't pull over. I, I, I roll down all the windows and then I go a little bit faster, hoping that the wind will just, you know, uh, sweep it out. But I think it worked because I never heard it again. Uh, but, you know, bees make a lot of noise. And it's scary. And death does the same thing. But what reminded me uh, of that is a story a pastor friend of mine told when he was driving. He had a similar uh, situation, except this time he had his small kids in the car. And how many know it's one thing for you to be in the car and be scared? It's another thing to have little kids in the car freaking out. And so they hear this, and the kids are like, Daddy, Daddy, the bee, the bee. And so the daddy goes, you know, okay, hold on, and he can't do anything, he's driving. Well, eventually that bee comes to the front of the car. And what he does is he grabs it with his hand. Say, no bueno. He grabs the bee with his hand, and he gets stung. And he opens up his hand out of reflex, ouch. And so the bee's flying around the car again, and the kids are like, oh, dad, dad, yeah, the bee, the bee. He goes, no, 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 kids, don't worry about it. The bee's only got one stinger. I took the sting for you. You can't be hurt anymore. So these things we can apply from Lazarus to our lives. There's proof that Jesus loves us and he has compassion for us. So he'll do these things for us. We can see that through the resurrection, Jesus, he cares about our relationships and he restores our relationships. And we can see that Jesus secures our victory. How many know that's some good news? But now I want to transition to the reason why we all came here today. Because when you think about the resurrection and all the resurrections we read about, the one that is most important, if I were to ask you, you would probably vote, I think Jesus' resurrection is the most important. Wouldn't you agree? But you know, if we were to ask Jesus which resurrection is most important, you know what he would say? Yours and mine. 
And so what Jesus did through his resurrection, the way that he secures the victory for us is that he went to the cross and he took the sting of sin and he took the sting of death so that it no longer has to affect you or me. It's pretty amazing. Say good news. In the story, Jesus reveals a lot about himself. He shows us his humanity and how much he can feel hurt and pain for people. I mean, he even wept for that scripture that you guys are going to memorize today. But he also shows his deity by fixing the very thing that makes them cry. And so I'm here to ask you today, what has died in your life? What needs a resurrection in your life? Because whatever it is, Jesus died for it. And again, if you were to ask Jesus which resurrection is the most important, he'd say, theirs. And Jesus wants to bring a resurrection to you and I. And our second point, Jesus said something profound, and I want to zoom in on this, and this is what we're going to end with. If we go back to John chapter 11, verse 25, I'm throwing a loop to the, to the media team. If you got it, great. If not, it's okay. I'll read it. It's this. It's when Jesus told Martha, he said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Throughout the book of John, one of the ways that Jesus affirmed his godliness and his, uh, his deity and he clearly did it. Not only did he say it, he, I mean, he declared it, that he was God. He referred to himself, he identified himself as I am. Now, if you read the New Testament, you might remember Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the good shepherd. And there's more. But here, Jesus says something interesting. He says, I am the resurrection. So there's another application here. And that's what I just asked you. What has died that needs a resurrection? Maybe it's a sickness in your body. Maybe a body part, I don't know. Or maybe it's a relationship with between you and somebody in your family, maybe you and a child, or maybe a sibling, or maybe a parent. That happens sometimes. You know, or maybe there's been a death in your finances. Anybody ever experienced that? Don't raise your hand. But I can see some people going. <laughs> what is it? God is saying, what can I resurrect today? But it's not as easy as writing a bullet point list. We said that one of our points was that Jesus values relationships. The only way we get to access what Jesus has done for us, remember he took the sting, is that we accept the gift that he gave us, the gift that he gave us on the cross. He gave his life so that we can have it. And we access it through relationship with him. There is no other way. It's one of the things that had me tripped up 
when I was younger and I loved God and I believed in him, even though I was doing all the craziest stuff I can imagine. But I didn't understand this, that Jesus died so that he can get to know me. Maybe your outlook on life has died. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe some ambition that you had. Maybe it was a business. I don't know. But Jesus wants to resurrect some things. And guess what? Jesus said, I am still the resurrection. And he can take the thing that is dead and he can bring it back to life. Another thing is this. Jesus says, I am, right? The present tense. Meaning Jesus is relevant to you right now. I am right here in our presence. Not I was. Not just I will be. He will be. But he's saying right now, I am. If you remember Martha, when Jesus said Lazarus will rise again, she began to speak doctrine. And she began to speak theology. And I know this, Jesus. I read my Bible. And yes, at the day of the Lord, my, my brother will come back. And Jesus says, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about down the road. I'm talking about right now. How many know at that moment, Martha didn't need doctrine? Martha and Mary, they didn't need theology. They needed Jesus right there. He says, I am the present. I'm with you in your pain. I'm, I'm with you in whatever you're experiencing. Jesus didn't keep them from the pain, but his I amness put him right there with them in their pain. And I want to remind you that we're not here just for a resurrection. We are here for the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. We are here because the resurrection is a person. The resurrection is not an event. The resurrection is not a holiday. The resurrection is not a doctrine. It's, it's none of that. The resurrection, Jesus said, I am, is a person. If you want this miracle in your life, you need to get to know the, resurre the resurrection, Jesus himself. So the question today is, do you believe the resurrection? I believe for a lot of you, just like Mary, as she's answering, thinking down the road, my, son, my, my brother's going to be resurrected. And really, the resurrection was three feet in front of her. And I believe for a lot of you, the resurrection is standing right in front of you. And that you have a miracle that God wants to work on your behalf. But you got to receive the resurrection. Is this making sense? Is this good news? Because it's that easy. We would just do what he says. Remember he told Martha, go, go move the, the gravestone. How many know to move a stone that covers a grave is not easy? But I believe some of you are just, as we say, one act of obedience away from a, from a miracle. And I believe for many of you, God is calling you back into his kingdom. 
believe there's many here you knew who God was and his love has never changed for you. He's never ever condemned you. He's always been waiting and he's always been calling. We're about to have a moment where we can understanding so that we don't see the resurrection as an event but we see the resurrection as a person named resurrection is not something he does or did it's something he is something in Mary and Martha's life had died (laughs) they had a dead brother a dead person And they needed Jesus. So let me encourage you, don't reduce the resurrection to an event. Don't reduce the resurrection to a day. Don't reduce the resurrection to a, to a holiday. Let's remember the resurrection for what it really is. That's the person, Jesus Christ. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Each one of us need a resurrection. What is it in you that needs life? If you're here today and you would say, my spirit right now is not not alive in him. I, I don't know him and you need an injection of life. That spiritual injection of life can only come from the resurrection, from Jesus. So maybe the very thing that needs life is is your relationship with God. God, I just ask you to reverse bad situations this morning. Lord, you see every need that we have. And Father, we've come here as an act of worship. We've come here. For some of us, it's it's respect because we do believe you. But there's something that has ruined life for us now. When we were in worship, Leah was ministering to us through the word. And she said, you know, on Friday, you know, for a lot of us, we call it Good Friday. For Jesus, it wasn't a very good Friday. That was the day they arrested him and they crucified him and he died. And then Saturday was silent. But Sunday came. They went to the tomb and found out that he wasn't there. And that's the good news that we need today. God, thank you that you took the sting of death for us. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God, I just ask you for grace to receive your gift of life today. If you're here and you're just real, real quick, and you just know that, man, I'm just, I'm not right with God.
I want to pray all together. I'm going to make all of us pray together so that nobody feels left out, but I want to know who exactly that I'm praying with that needs this. So without anybody looking around, if you're here today and you would say, I just want to get right with him, whether you've known him before or not, would you raise your hand? God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else? We're going to pray together. This is going to be a fantastic day because the resurrection is a person and we're about to meet him. Is there anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Would you stand to your feet? As we come to a close. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for taking the sting so I wouldn't have to. I admit I'm a sinner before you. I don't have much to offer, but it's enough for you. And so I bring my heart to you and I bring my life to you and all things that may not even be alive and I lay them at your feet because I believe that you died for me and that your blood was spilled for me and that your blood can cleanse me of all sin and through your blood you can bring life to me come into my heart come into my life and I ask you to change me and make me the person you have called me to be now God give me the grace to live for you from this day forward I receive it I thank you and I love you in Jesus name I pray amen can we celebrate God this morning